Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes, please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert, sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF, who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human, erotic, and sexual experience, and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I am a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman, and in my work I specialize in female sexuality, and I work with women with pussies, and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex, and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me, expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you, and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must, so take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay, hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here, and now let's dive into today's topic. Hello, my friend, and welcome back. I'm so excited to be here again with you, listening, tuning in, learning new things. You might notice today that my voice sounds a little bit different. It is because I have a really congested nose. Uh, I'm feeling um, snotty. Well, I'm not feeling snotty. I am snotty. And um, it's a consequence of having a child in daycare and the bugs that he brings home like every second week. If you have a kid, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, I uh, appreciate you extending your compassion and healing energies to me. And of course, anyone else as well, even if you don't have a kid. Um, It sucks. But hey, you know, you just have to get through it. So with that, let's dive in. I have such an amazing topic to share with you today. It's about arousal and it can be completely life-changing in your sexuality and in your partnership to know about this, to learn about this and to begin a journey of self-inquiry and self-understanding. Having this theoretical knowledge, elevated knowledge about arousal and how it works because otherwise it's like you're just fumbling in the dark um, when it comes to arousal. It's such a oftentimes like elusive thing that we're like, I have no idea. Like sometimes I'm turned on, sometimes I'm turned off. Um, and if you're in a long-term relationship, usually it's always a thing um, that creates frustration and, and suffering, really. So knowledge is power, knowledge is key, and having clarity is always the first step of any transformation process. So hopefully by learning about this, you can gain clarity and then take uh, informed actions or make small adjustments 
on a mental level, so with mindset, on a more like practical physical level with how you um, work with your arousal system uh, from a place of having deeper understanding of how it works. So without further ado, let's dive in. Now, first of all, it's good to know that arousal ex- uh, exists, <laughs> sorry, arousal exists on a um, on a continuum or like on a staircase and you can think of it as having three states non-arousal medium arousal high arousal it's helpful to know when you do self-pleasure practices masturbation or have sex with a partner or lovers that you can move through these states oftentimes you move around in life through life in a more or less non-aroused state And so you don't really go from non-arousal to high arousal immediately, or you can, I mean, it's possible depending on your particular body and uh, arousal um, flexibility or like uh, fluidity, but most people move through non-arousal to medium arousal to high arousal. And then during sex or during self-pleasure, it's pretty normal to drop down from high arousal to medium, uh, take a break, even enter like non-arousal, and then you move, you know, up and down on that staircase, which is normal. It's kind of like when you're doing anything, uh, if you're playing a sport, you go from like non-activation to medium to high, and then maybe you take a little break and then you, you know, pick it up again. And so don't expect yourself in a sexual situation to be like on a constant high arousal throughout the entire experience, uh, and then think that you're failing or something's wrong with your body if you drop down to medium or to non-arousal. Understand that that's possible and work with your body, with your arousal system to then bring you to the desired arousal level of your presence, the desired arousal level, period, (laughs) dot, end of sentence. (laughs) So that's the first thing. The second thing that I'm going to share with you today is, this is probably the more life-changing part. It's a theoretical model called the dual control model dual control model. D-U-A-L control model. It's developed by sex researchers, specifically uh, Jan Bancroft and um, many others. You can google this and you'll learn lots more if you want to read about it and um, there's books about it. This this model is also included in an amazing book written by Emily Nagoski. Uh, The book is called Come As You Are. So if you want to learn more, definitely get that book. It's I would say it's like one of the staple foundational books you should have in your life if you are interested about sexuality. It's a really, really good book. But let me explain the dual control model for you today and get you started on this journey. So just like the nervous system has two systems to accelerate and slow down, namely the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems, so does our desire system have two systems within it. There's the break system, the sexual inhibition system that turns off your turn off. It's the turn off system. And there's the sexual excitation system, the accelerating system that turns you on. And then there's a third kind of separate system, which is more uh, like a handbrake. So arousal is really two processes working together, providing gradually increasing stimulation for the accelerators and getting rid of everything your brakes might respond to, which includes physical, emotional, and social risks. 
So what these two systems do is they scan for threats or scan for um, turn-ons or like accelerators through sensations, thoughts, emotions, internal, external stimuli, social conditioning, things like that. All people, regardless of gender, have both of these systems and a person's level of sexual arousal is a combination of how much stimulation your accelerators have gotten and how little stimulation your brakes have gotten. So what this helps you understand that there are two systems, right? As if you're driving a car, an automatic car, and you have the accelerator and you have the brakes. And sometimes it's more important to understand why your foot is constantly on the brake rather than understanding what turns you on. Maybe, and this is true for many women that I work with, it's more important to identify the brakes and remove them so that your body can naturally accelerate rather than trying to really focus on putting your foot on the engine because if you have one foot on the brake and one foot on the engine, you're just revving the engine, right? And you're not getting anywhere. You're still in the same spot and experiencing non-arousal, but you're revving the engine so you feel super frustrated inside. If you move your foot off the brake, the car will naturally start rolling, even if you don't press the accelerator. And just a tiny little, like, uh, you know, push on the accelerator will get you going pretty fast, pretty far. And for some people, they don't have the foot on the brake and they really want to learn how to accelerate themselves and learn what turns them on. So really powerful analogy, really powerful understanding of how your uh, arousal system works. And you're probably sitting there going, you know, having little insights and uh, like <laughs> mind, mind-blowing uh, insights about, about this because... Um, it's probably the first time you've heard about this. So if you want to, take a little break, pause the recording, and write down your reflections and your insights as you're listening. You probably won't remember them later on, so do it now or do it directly after the episode ends. Now let's dive into unpacking and explaining each of these two systems a little bit more in depth. We're going to start with the accelerating system, the sexual excitation system. This is the gas pedal of your sexuality. It responds to sexually relevant stimuli in the environment, from visual to mental to tactile stimuli and everything in between. It constantly scans the environment, including your own thoughts and feelings, for things that are sexually appealing, and as it finds things, it sends signals from the brain to the genitals, telling them, turn on, get excited, it's a party. <laughs> Go, 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 team! It's constantly at work, this system, on a subconscious level. So you're not really aware of it. it it's automatic and it has its own life, even if you think about it or not. It's important to understand that this is constantly going on because if you want to have sex on Friday with your partner, you want to be thinking about that from Monday through Friday, because now you know that you have a system inside that on a subconscious level is scanning your thoughts. So if you think sexy thoughts, it's going to constantly be stimulating your sexual excitation system so that on Friday evening, your car is like, the engine of your car is like warm, maybe it's like, um, it's already started and it's ready to go. Instead of 
your car being like buried under snow. The engine is super cold. Uh, there's not enough like oil in the engine. And when you try to start it, it goes, you know, that annoying sound. And you're like, ah, oh, come on car, let's get you started. And it's like, and you're like, fuck. I wonder if I can get this car started. Yeah, get my point? Sex is not spontaneous. Arousal is not spontaneous. We like to think it is because when we're single or when we're in the honeymoon phase in a relationship, it feels spontaneous, but it's far from. And you know that now because you can understand that there is this system that is constantly scanning the internal and the external environment for things that are sexually appealing. So to keep your body at a sexual arousal simmer. In a long-term relationship, this is even more important to understand and to work with, so to help you feel aroused when you want to, when it's appropriate. It's also important to know that when it comes to sexual excitation, the excitation and inhibition system, these things are learned and are related to culture and time. So that's why we can see a difference in um, men and women, how they can vary in sexual preferences, for example. But regardless of gender, it helps us understand why what's sexy can change over time. Because culture shapes our understanding of what's desirable, what's not desirable, what's accepted, what's taboo. And for a kinky person, taboo can be a turn-on. A BDSM can be a turn-on. And if you're not that kind of person, that's a break situation, right? Where you're like, no, don't call me insulting things or don't slap my face or slap my body no, 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 I don't want to do taboo things. That's a turn off. So it's also very individual in that way, depending on what your kind of erotic or sexual blueprint or personality is. But it also has a lot to do with culture and how culture shapes our understanding of what's desirable, sexy, and also what we sexualize. Yeah. Again, pause the audio if you want to and write down some thoughts or notes in your phone or on a piece of paper so you can come back to this and reflect on it deeper or have a chat with your partner about this. Now let's talk about the sexual inhibition system, the break system. Research so far shows that it's likely that there are two different break systems. One that responds to fear of performance failure, like erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, orgasm issues, for example, or even turn-on issues, yeah? Because always being fearful that you're not going to get turned on, you're not going to get hard, you're not going to get wet, you're not going to feel horny is a kind of fear of performance failure, not just uh, sexually, but also connected to the arousal level, right? And there's another break system that responds to fear of performance consequences like STI transmission, unwanted pregnancy, social consequences like slut-shaming, rumors spreading, um, judgment, or even judgment from your partner, for example. Both systems scan the environment for turn-ons and turn-offs all day long through the sensations, thoughts, external, internal stimuli, right? And all day long, the break system sends a steady stream of turn-off messages to your genitals. Nope, now is not the time. Don't get aroused. Don't get engorged. Don't have an erection. This is inappropriate. Don't think sexy thoughts right now, etc. 
So the brake system is responsible for keeping you from getting inappropriately aroused in the middle of a social situation, like a business meeting or dinner with your parents, for example. The sexual inhibition system scans for threats in the environment. And a threat really depends on the context. It could be uh, things like social consequences or STIs or judgment or also internal things like if you know that when you feel sexual you oftentimes have an arousing arising emotion of shame that can also feel like a threat right negative emotions that are connected to your sexuality so to summarize there are two systems in the dual control model there's the sexual excitation system there's a sexual inhibition system and they're constantly scanning the environment for messages that either say turn on or turn off. The sexual inhibition system has two systems within that system. One that responds to fear of performance failure and one that responds to fear of performance consequences. It's so powerful and it can be really life-changing to get to know your brakes and accelerators and your sensitivity to them. Arousal is a two-part process, activating the accelerator and deactivating the brakes. So you have to get to know yourself. Well, you don't have to. I invite you to get to know yourself and understand yourself better and understand what leads to your mind putting its foot on the brake. Inhibitors can be things like, unless things are just right, it's difficult for me to become sexually aroused. Or when I'm sexually aroused, the slightest thing can turn me off. Or trust or feeling a lot of love and safety can be um, what your brake system is really sensitive to. Or when it comes to performance failure, if you constantly worry, am I going to have an orgasm? Am I taking too long? Is my body responding in the right way? Do my genitals look beautiful? That can interfere with your arousal in a really powerful way. Lack of confidence, self-conscious thoughts can impact your brakes. When it comes to the excitation system and the accelerators, there are things that can really turn you on, like how your partner smells or um, seeing your partner through a lens of like seeing their talents and intelligence or watching them interact well with others in social situations can get you really turned on. If you're a kinky type of person uh, or like a sense of novelty, that can be, uh, it can be a turn on to have sex in a different setting or in a new environment. Fantasies can be an incredible turn on and can be used really effectively in turning yourself on because now you know that your accelerator system scans your thoughts for things as well that send a message to your genitals to turn on. So a lot of women think that uh, it's bad to fantasize when I'm masturbating or when I have sex, but fantasy can, can actually be a really powerful gateway into turning on your body because it gets your brain 
in the game and your brain is your biggest erogenous zone. So if your brain thinking is thinking about the laundry or the dishes, or for example, that you're an irresponsible mother, if you prioritize sex and pleasure, then obviously you know what that leads to. It leads to either putting a foot on the brake or not accelerating. And when it comes to arousal, lastly, I just want to say that there are other things impacting as well, like hormonal changes in states, like medication, for example, um, mental uh, illness, emotional, uh, an emotional state, depending on your relationship status or the, st- the health and intimacy of your relationship. So your sexuality and your arousal exist within the complex human experience. But hopefully now you have more pieces to lay the puzzle and to understand yourself and identify your brakes and your accelerators and work with them in a smart and informed way. Again, you can check this model out by googling dual control model. I highly recommend you to also purchase Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, where you can read more about it. And there's also a, um, a questionnaire that you can fill out. I believe there's a workbook as well that you can purchase from Emily Nagoski, where you get practical tools and um, homework to do. You can also find uh, questionnaires and self-assessment documents, PDFs on the internet if you search dual control model. So there's a lot of resources available on the internet and also in other uh, ways like books if you want to learn more about this and really um, yeah, dive into this. So to support yourself in experiencing more sexual arousal if that's what you desire. I hope this was interesting and helpful and inspiring. (laughs) I said interesting. And uh, yeah, good luck. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.